From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. And this is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. It's Thursday, June 16th. It's been a wild ride for crypto markets, even by the usual standards of volatility. And the main direction prices have been heading in is down. Bloomberg reporters Muyao Shen and Matt Turner are joining me today to discuss what's been happening to crypto tokens and to crypto-related stocks, and to share their reporting on why sentiment in these markets feels so negative right now. It is my pleasure to be joined in studio by not one but two Bloomberg reporters today, which is always a real thrill. I have Muyao Shen, who is a crypto reporter here at Bloomberg, and Matt Turner, who's coming at this from the equities perspective. And the reason they're both here is because, well, there's a lot going on in markets. <laughs> and we want to just make sure that we're addressing that and understand how this plays into so many of the other themes that are happening in crypto right now. Matt, I'll start with you. What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, and thank you for having me. I think, first of all, the market clearly, uh, in terms from the equity perspective, is very down right now. The S&P 500 entered a bear market this week. Um, you know, so stocks And a bear been, market is uh, like down more than 10%. Down, down more than 20% from its peak. Um, so stocks are way down. Obviously, that's a different story uh, compared to how far crypto is down. But I'll stick with the stock side <laughs> of things. You know, it, it, it's all coming uh, mostly from worries about the U.S. economy. I mean, the Fed has been raising rates recently. Uh, you know, they're trying to cap inflation, which uh, as of this month, I believe, hit 8.6%, which was the highest in something like 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so In the U.S.? In the U.S., correct. Yeah. So inflation has been a big concern. The Fed has been trying to cool that off uh, by raising rates. And there are a lot of worries that that's going to sink the U.S. economy into a recession this year, maybe next year, um, but at some point. And that is really weighing on the sentiment for stocks right now. So the whole market is down at this point. So the whole market is down, but why are crypto stocks down in particular? Sure. Yeah. So crypto stocks obviously are very correlated to Bitcoin and the, the broader crypto market. Uh, and, you know, with Bitcoin down maybe in half, maybe more this year, you know, the stocks are sort of following that along. A lot of the stocks that are crypto related are Bitcoin miners. And mm-hmm. so obviously they make less money from crypto when Bitcoin is trading at $20,000 versus when it was trading at forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 So investors are pricing that into the stocks and that is resulting in them being way, way down this year. But what about, you know, we've seen Coinbase this week announced that they were going to do layoffs. That follows them saying that they were doing a hiring freeze, rescinding job offers. But they haven't only had a bad week, though. Yeah, yeah. Coinbase uh, is especially bad. They're down, you know, more than 70% this year. They had their direct listing last year, and it has basically been a straight down line to the right uh, since they listed. Which is not the direction. Which is not, no, that's not, that's not the direction you want to see. Up and to the right would be better. Down and to the right uh, means your money is getting smaller. 
Coinbase has has had a lot of problems. Um, they've seen declining volumes. Obviously, the price of, of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies going down makes it less attractive for people to trade, gets fewer people into the market. You know, a lot of people want to make money. They don't want to see the market going downwards. So it, it's kind of weighing on that. As you said, they went through a, a hiring freeze. But prior to that, they were hiring like crazy. Mm-hmm. I believe before this latest round of job cuts, they had something like 5,000 employees, which was up, you know, four times from from a year prior to that. So um, that's a lot of expenses. Um, They're hiring engineers, they're building out different products. And so, you know, investors don't like to see high expenses when, uh, you know, your profits are not keeping up with that. And another name that's, you know, you hear a lot in a crypto context is MicroStrategy. (laughs) What's MicroStrategy and why are they considered a crypto equity? Yeah, so MicroStrategy is a fun one. They are technically a software company. Um, but as in, in they like actually make software. As in they actually make software, yeah, believe it or not. But if you uh, looked at a price chart of MicroStrategy versus a price chart of Bitcoin, you would be uh, pretty convinced that it's just a Bitcoin ETF or something. Mm-hmm. Um, An exchange-traded fund. Yeah, yeah. They are just perfectly correlated to each other. And that's because starting in 2020, their CEO started putting Bitcoin on their balance sheet. So he essentially said that it was a, a nice hedge against inflation. So instead of holding uh, cash or you know other securities, he said, you know, Bitcoin's the future and we're we're just going to start buying Bitcoin and holding it on our balance sheet. And obviously, when times are good and Bitcoin is going up, that's great for the stock. The value of your Bitcoin that he's holding goes up. Obviously, there's the downside of that. When <laughs> Bitcoin is falling, the value that you have goes way, way down. So at different points throughout this year, we've seen you know the value that they're holding uh, in Bitcoin be less than their actual market cap, which is um, a little bizarre. Explain what that means. So it's like there's this difference between how much they're actually worth depending on the metric that you're looking at? Right, yeah. So there is their market cap, which is basically how investors value them. It's their share price times, you know, the number of shares outstanding in Mm -hmm. the market. And typically speaking, you would not see a company have cash or, you know, liquid assets like Bitcoin exceed their market cap because it basically means that you're discounting the value of the actual holdings. company. Yeah. So basically like the software services. Side exactly. Of yeah. So you're you're essentially saying that their Bitcoin is not worth what the entire company is worth, which the numbers don't line up. So it's a very interesting phenomenon that's been going on and it has gotten worse as the price of Bitcoin has declined. Muyao, why is the price of Bitcoin going down right now? What are some of the factors that are at play here? I think outside what Matt just mentioned, there's been a lot of panic just specific in crypto that's spreading across the market. People are spooked away from this space in general. And I think sometimes we forget to mention that how small the crypto market versus the equity market mm-hmm. or the commodity market. Less than a trillion dollars at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think any sort of capital going away from the market can cause much bigger problems in this market specifically versus, you know, the equity or whatsoever. I think in general, what we're seeing is that, for example, in May, we had a specific event that's just in crypto with the collapse of the Terra blockchain. Mm -hmm. I think that definitely caused even more panic, even among a lot of crypto native investors, because those are the people who in general kind of set up the bottom of the market, but they're being hurt by either their exposure in Terra blockchain or their investment in Terra-related funds. Or the tokens directly. Yeah, or the token directly. They are not able at the moment to save the market or kind of build up the bottom for this market. 
So in general, it's just being even much more bearish in this space versus the rest of the world. We'll be right back with more from Bloomberg reporters Muyao Shen and Matt Turner. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. So there's this idea in crypto of, you know, like in equities, you'll hear about the plunge protection team, this idea that there are these entities that come in and they're like, okay, it's too low, time to buy some stuff. And that props prices up. And there are various players, very large players generally in crypto who have, whether they might appreciate that description or not, you know, engaged in very similar kinds of practices. What has been one of the things that happened in the past week or so that really spooked those folks and people are now saying, like, is this kind of a Terra 2.0? Obviously, the big thing that happened in the past week or so is the news that came out from Celsius, which is one of the biggest crypto lenders in the space. They all of a sudden told everyone on Sunday... Sunday night. Sunday night that they're going to pause all the withdrawals, uh, swaps and other activities on the platform. And what that means in practice is like they're a crypto lender, so they're they're kind of a bank for crypto. You can you know borrow crypto from them. You can like give them your crypto to lend to other people, and you get a yield. So them pausing withdrawals would be like if I walked up to my bank branch and I was like, I would like my money, please, and they were just like, no. Yeah. Well, Celsius has definitely been very careful not being called a bank. <laughs> if you go to their website, it says that Celsius is not a bank. You know, uh, even though you're park your crypto assets with us and getting yields from us, that it's not protected by any sort of uh, government federal insurance. insurance. Yep. So I, let's say I had been one of those people who had, you know, put money in or, well, put crypto into Celsius or one of its products. What is my life like right now? Very sad. (laughs) No. (laughs) I think, you know, as you're seeing prices going down in general, uh, I think the first stop for a lot of traders or investors in crypto is kind of rushing to uh, park their assets in stable coins, which are a specific type of cryptocurrency that are supposed to trade as a very stable value, such as, you know, they usually pegged to the US dollars, for example, when you have like wild swings in crypto in general. But right now, these people, they're just stuck with this fact that they cannot get their crypto assets out of Celsius. Mm-hmm. They cannot get the cash they wanted because all these are basically fro- freeze at the moment. So they're watching prices go down and they're not even able to sell right now. Correct. That sounds not fun for anyone involved. But why is like why is Celsius, why is them freezing withdrawals and as you say, swaps and other activities? Like why did people perceive that as such a big deal? Like what is their sort of systemic indicator in this ecosystem? I think right now we're still observing in general how this event is gonna affect the broader market in general. 
but there has been weeks since speculations around how Celsius might be having problems with their business in general. All of which they've, you know, consistently denied up to and including the points where they froze withdrawals. Yes. Um, From my understanding, the biggest problem they're facing is this liquidity crunch. As we talked earlier, crypto markets in general is much smaller than any of the other asset market. And so it's it's highly sensitive to liquidity issues. Mm-hmm. So um, my understanding, we cannot say that specific that Celsius are having issues in terms fully return funds to their clients. It's more of a problem of liquidity. They don't have enough liquidity to pay back the massive amount of requests from people Got trying it. to re- leave. So in other words, if we had been dealing with normal market conditions and, you know, kind of like a consistent number of people, a predictable number were like trying to get their money in or out at any point in time, that would be completely fine. The problem arises, and this is, you know, even though they're not a bank, a fairly classic bank run, when you have lots of people, an unusually high number of people all requesting all of their stuff back at once, in which case you're like, okay, this is a problem because you don't necessarily have that on hand in the moment that folks want those withdrawals. Have they given a timeline for when they think they would be able to unfreeze transactions? I think it's hard to tell. Based on all the interviews I've done and, you know, talking to a lot of people who are very familiar with uh, Celsius business, it's optimistic to say that it's going to be weeks and it's highly possible it's going to be months before they can restart. And who knows what crypto will look like in some months? Well, actually, Matt, I want to turn back to you because analysts love to make predictions about this. What are, you know, you have been writing about some interesting and sometimes counterintuitive analyst commentary. What's the vibe among these like market prognosticators? What are they seeing? What are they expecting? Yeah. So uh, from an equity market standpoint, it's very uncertain, I would say, at this point. There's definitely the crowd that says that uh, a U.S. recession is coming, which is going to weigh on stocks more. Obviously, that would lead to further downside, which is not good for both stocks broadly and crypto stocks. Uh, especially in especially, this yeah. yeah. They, I think most people would consider them some of the riskiest stocks that you could get into. So there is a large group of analysts that, that kind of believes that. And then there's the flip side of that, which, you know, there's people that say, you know, the Fed is going to get inflation under control. It's going to help stabilize the market and stocks are going to go up. You know, I think if you look at price targets for the S&P 500, there's something like 30 or 40 percent above where it's trading right now. Um, which means that people expect it to go higher in the future. Yeah. And uh, a 40 percent return over over a year is, is pretty amazing. I, you know, the average that I think when I was growing up that everybody always quoted was, you know, if you get an 8% return over your entire lifetime, that's pretty great. So 40% in a year is uh, tremendous. Even with where we are right now. Yeah. Well, you know, to your point about risk, one of the things, and we've, we've covered it on this podcast, is the direction in which stocks move and the direction in which Bitcoin moves is increasingly looking like the same direction. And so part of what crypto folks are saying is this challenging macroeconomic environment is weighing on them in the same way that it's weighing on other people. You know, Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, in his blog post in which he revealed that he was cutting nearly 20 percent of the team, did cite you know, a recession or the possibility of a recession as a factor that they were they were considering. So we're really in an environment in which kind of everything is everything all at once. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously, the, you know, the economy weighs on everybody and, and crypto stocks are not exempt from that. Um, and I think the job cuts definitely 
reflect not only the the outlook for the economy, but also, you know, the outlook for crypto in general. He also mentioned, you know, a crypto winter coming. Which is, some would say we've been in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would agree. And, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, I talked with, with a few people um, at Bloomberg today was, you know, the, the idea of a crypto winter actually implies that, you know, a spring is coming afterwards. And, you know, I don't know how your guys' thoughts on uh, on that are, but I don't know if that's a certainty at this point, given, you know, how how young and small the, the crypto space is and in general. Right. Is there going to be a deep freeze? What What's the what's the groundhog day for a crypto? Well, thank you. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, Muyao. Really appreciate you taking the time in this particularly busy moment for both your asset classes to share your thoughts with us. Thanks thank for having you. me. You can find more of their reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal, on Bloomberg.com, and they're both on Twitter. Muyao is at Muyao Shen, and Matt is at Matt underscore Turner with two R's. That's T-U-R-N-E-R-R. On the next episode of Bloomberg Crypto, we take another look at what's happening with U.S. regulation. The bipartisan duo of Democratic Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York and Republican Senator Cynthia Lummis of Wyoming just released their own version of proposed crypto legislation. Their bill aims to clarify the roles of how two very different government oversight agencies, the CFTC and the SEC, would divvy up the crypto landscape. It also contains a proposal for regulating crypto mining, which is an increasingly hot-button issue as it relates to the environmental impact of Bitcoin. But can this bill pass? And how would it work? I'll talk with Bloomberg reporter Alison Versprill for the latest. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, and this is Bloomberg Crypto a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Email your questions, comments, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. And you'll find us on Twitter at Crypto. The producer and editor of this episode is Vicky Vergolina. Associate producer is Ty Butler. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Bloomberg's head of podcasts is Francesca Levy. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.